I don't have to be embarrassed around you. You've given me an internal exam, so we're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We're on the same page here. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Memories, memories. <laughs> This podcast is not working. Hi, welcome back to This Podcast Isn't Working. I'm your host, Heidi Wright, and this podcast is not my job. So it's all about me making something because I want to and not because I'm trying to perfect it or impress somebody. What a novelty. And today is a very special episode because I have a very special friend of mine, Courtney, saying hello. Hello. This is my friend who happens to be a midwife and she's been a midwife for seven years and my friend for 13, I think we yeah, just were saying. Yeah, we A long time. So she's seen me grow up and lots of things, including she has been my friend through my journey with pregnancy and birth of my two daughters. So I have a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old daughter, just about to be one. And Courtney uh, was actually there for the birth of my second daughter, which is very exciting and the reason why we're recording this podcast. I'd say you're pretty much, uh, what do you say, like I've, I've phoned in an expert <laughs> to help me tell the story, really, of my, particularly my second birth. So the reason why I wanted to tell my birth story, particularly my second child's birth story, is not because she's my favorite. Okay. I love both my daughters equally. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for the two experiences I had giving birth to my children. I'm very blessed I was able to do that. It's amazing. But it's really important, I think, that I sit down at some point in my life and talk about what happened between the birth of my first child and the birth of my second child and what kind of went down when my second daughter was born. Because I think that it's something that not only changed my life, but if I'd heard this story before I had my first baby, I think it would have changed the way everything had happened for me that first time around. So when we decided to have our first daughter, as soon as we fell pregnant, we went to see a GP. And really all we knew at the time was whatever they told us. We had no prior knowledge of the hospitals in our area. We didn't know what prenatal care really looked like in much detail. We didn't know anything. And we, like thinking back now, I just, I'm shocked at how little we knew. I had actually been to two births before this. And I, you know, growing up, my mum was always really open about stuff. We had books in our house with pictures of women giving birth. That was incredible. Like, I am so blessed that I was able to see that when I was little and know what this was all about. But when it came to the actual health system and the process, yeah, didn't know anything. So we didn't know what options we had, whether there were any options. And quite blindly, I think, we just went into whatever model of care fell on our doorstep that day, which happened to be, you know, a public hospital with multiple types of caregivers that we would see regularly. That was the model of care we had. I don't know if it has a name. It's just called I think the it's midwife clinic or midwife, something. Yeah, it's different for every hospital. Yeah, so. Like midwife's clinic or just yeah. hospital care. So it was great. It was fine. So we got booked in and that's that's how it all sort of started. Fast forward to 30 weeks pregnant. You remember I called you for a long time one day <laughs> on my break at work. Yeah. And I was quite upset. A lot of things had happened up to this point that I think had rattled me. I'm someone who's anxious 
I have a needle phobia. So look, I'm not going to be a great candidate for anything medical, I would say. (laughs) Dealing with scary people like doctors or midwives or... I mean, these people are not scary, let's be honest. (laughs) But for someone like me, dealing with anybody who I don't know is quite quite scary sometimes. You don't know somebody. You don't know whether you can trust them. You don't necessarily feel safe from the get-go. Nothing to do with them. So 30 weeks pregnant, I'm a mess. I'm talking to Courtney, my friend who's a midwife. Help me, finally. (laughs) I finally reached out to you. Why I didn't ask you for help before this, I don't know. So it was funny, this phone call ended up being really important because I had finally reached out to Courtney about some things that were concerning me. Nothing to do with anyone else. It was more about, would you say, I was starting to realize I probably wasn't coping very well with the process mentally, I guess, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really know what to do about it because I felt really trapped. So I sort of rang her and was like, oh, they want me to do this and they want me to do that. And so-and-so said this and so-and-so said that. And at the time I was, um, I had gestational diabetes, which is, it just means that you have to, um, you're not just there for all the pregnancy related things for your baby. You're also being monitored, your blood sugar is being monitored and things like that because it can be really dangerous for the baby. So I was kind of like this added little thing on my file, which was fine. I was very lucky it wasn't too severe so but being someone with a needle phobia it felt really (laughs) severe (laughs) not ideal for someone with a needle phobia no so I just I was really I just felt really panicked and I just said to Courtney I don't know what I'm going to do I don't want to be induced and I don't want this and I don't want a million needles because see being induced means you be on a needle like you get needles (laughs) like I, I was just look I was just I was a bit lost to be honest so I felt quite panicked and I I think you started to hear that I felt like I wasn't in control of what was happening. I think that's what was really like the obvious thing. Like I felt like I had no choice in anything that was going on and that everybody was banging on my door with, you know, shouting instructions at me of everything to do. And I felt quite overwhelmed. So the phone call itself was really just, I was reaching out to my friend because I was upset. And, and when you, when you're pregnant, a lot of times you get emotional people, <laughs> you know, when you're staring down the barrel of having a baby, it is sometimes a little bit scary thinking about what's coming next. And I'd got this far. I had done okay so far, but I was starting to think about the birth and what might happen next. And I was really feeling pressure from all angles, whether it was just imagined or not to do things that I wasn't sure I wanted to do. I definitely didn't want to be induced, you know, I didn't want to have my blood drawn at the hospital, you know, as opposed to where I like to go, where it's, I feel safe at my local pathology place. And, you know, and I'm telling Courtney all my woes, you know, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And, you know, I have to do this and I have to do that. And like, and Courtney basically, like, I, I guess, what advice were you giving me at the time? Like, it was like, you were hearing my panic and yeah. the fact that I felt unsafe and really like out of control, like uh, things were not in my control. I didn't feel like I was in control of what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm told that I said, you know, you don't have to do anything. I don't remember the specific words, <laughs> but... Yeah, it was something like that. I... I'm a big believer that you're, it's still your body and it's your choice. Mm. And at the end of the day, you have to give consent for anything that happens. Mm. And people, the health professionals and care providers will recommend things based on policies and procedures but at the end of the day yeah you have to decide Mm. I think you were reminding me yeah like I was part of the process yeah 
yeah. you're ultimately in control. Yeah. And you certainly didn't say to me, oh, just say no to them about this or that. You know, just say, I will not be induced and I, I, <laughs> you cannot draw my blood. Um, that was absolutely not what you said, because obviously a lot of these recommendations are based on research and, you know, yeah, these people know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? But Courtney was also saying to me that I know myself and I know what I'm doing for myself, you know, that I had the option to say yes and I had the option to say no to things, which it sounds funny, but that had never occurred to me. Yeah, and I don't think that's unusual Yeah, for people, especially in pregnancy. Um, with their first, especially with their first baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't have ever known that you can just say no to things. Either, yeah, yeah. Unless I was a midwife or mm. in the industry. Mm. And I think, so where this, telling this story is not about saying that you you know, you should go into every medical situation knowing that you can say no, but I think, but it's about knowing that you're part of the team. Mm, Yeah. yeah, That you have a, you have a role to play. And it's also, like you said, it's your body at the end of the day. So the majority, the vast majority of things that you're going to be told, this is what we're doing now. Um, you're going to say yes to anyway, Mm. but it's about knowing why Mm. that happens and, and being present in the decisions. That's what I would say. On this day that I was talking to you, you were reminding me that that's what's really happening in those moments. Nobody's forcing me to do anything. Like, I'm safe and I'm in control of my own body and I am participating in a a decision-making process. And that it's, it's within the realms of possibility that some things, if I personally didn't want to participate, I could actually say no. And... It's funny because after that, I don't think I ever said no to anything. Yeah. So that wasn't the point of our conversation, but it changed my perspective entirely. So after we talked about what was happening for me right in that moment where I was really stressed out and you were like, hang on, calm down. You know, you're still in control of the decisions you're making. You're okay. And if something is really bothering you, you can consider saying no to it. If it's something that's really, really upsetting you, do your research and find out more and know that at the end of the day it's your body it's your call right so really you just put my mind at ease and got me to think a bit differently in that moment which was really helpful so then we started talking about what next because i was talking to you about the model of care that we'd been in up to that point had not really clicked with me i think i started to realize that at that moment basically after that call i just i had a different perspective on things and i realized there were more options I realized I had more responsibility to do my homework, I guess, and explore more, ask more. Um, it was crazy that up until that point, I hadn't even asked you much about anything. I had felt a bit like I didn't want to burden you with lots of questions because, you know, when someone knows that you're a midwife, it's like, I don't know, do they then ask you every question in the world? Sometimes. Oh, so <laughs> I don't even know. Well, next time anyway, um, look, if you're out there and you're, you've got a friend who's a midwife, just pester them like you wouldn't believe because it's worth (laughs) it it's a big time in your life you should be reaching out to the people who are your support network after that we looked into private midwife we looked into gp shared care and we were lucky enough to find an amazing gp who took us on at 32 weeks and saw my pregnancy out until i have my daughter at 39 weeks and that was a really positive experience because I had continuity of care, finally, which is something I realized at that point I really, really needed. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> and, and then I was lucky enough to have 
on paper, like definitely a a normal birth. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there for that. Mm, yeah. Because unfortunately. Yes. You were busy. <laughs> three days of the year I couldn't do and yeah, she was born it. on one of those. But on paper as mm. a midwife definitely sounds not overly complicated. Yeah. Sounds like a. We were really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lucky in the sense of, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's just that. They're the facts. So on paper, we'd had a normal vaginal delivery of our baby. I was fine and healthy and our baby girl was fine and healthy, which was great. Unfortunately for me, my takeaway from the whole experience was that I had felt really unsafe and disempowered during my birth. For different reasons, very much it's a mental game. You know, these moments in our lives are often a mental game as well as physical. And although on paper, my physical story of my birth was one way, the mental story was different and that emotional story. I definitely didn't feel like I was in control during my birth. I felt like I was an outsider in the room. And for certain reasons, I felt like I was in the way of the birth going well. And the point of talking today is not about going to the nitty gritty of having my first daughter. That birth is it's done and dusted, but it's what happened after that, I think that really shaped even who I am right now. So what I would say broadly about my first experience being pregnant and going through labor and delivery is the whole thing was a massive learning curve. And what I learned most about was myself. After I had my baby, it was about four months later, I think she was quite small. I was finding things really tough. I think every first mum does, but I was in regular contact with my GP and she would check in with me about how I was going. And this one particular time I went to see her, I was quite emotional and, you know, I was talking to her about how I was coping well or not coping. <laughs> and my GP basically said to me, look, I think you could really benefit from talking to someone about what you're going through. And I know a psychologist who specializes in this area. And I reached out to him not long after and started seeing him regularly. And I still go to see that same psychologist today. Therapy has been this massive journey for me, which culminated, I felt, even though I still go to therapy and I'm still learning and I'm still on the journey. The whole reason I started to see the psychologist was this whole first pregnancy and birth experience, being a new mom, not being able to navigate that. I was then able to work through all of that and take myself up to that next big life moment, which was wanting to have another baby. And this is where Courtney finally comes into the story because you were actually <laughs> there when Yay. I had my second baby. And it was a very different experience. Do you think that I was different in the second pregnancy than the first. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say that you weren't anxious <laughs> throughout the second pregnancy, yes. but that's But okay. at least I was reaching out to you on my yeah. right. But I think you definitely felt, from what I heard, you felt better supported mm. with that model of care mm. the whole for the whole second pregnancy. Mm. And I think you definitely had support systems in place and you mm. knew where to reach out for help. Yeah. And yeah. you recognized when you needed it. But yeah, that was one of the big benefits, I think, of therapy was here I was, I was pregnant with my second child and I was able to recognize when I needed help. So poor Courtney was on the phone more. Uh, my husband heard a lot more from me. My doctor, I really opened up to her. And the model of care that I had, had, you know, it was continuative care. I finally had it in my reach. 
and I was loving it. And so I just got along famously with my GP. I really was so open with her about everything that's going on. And I still have my moments where I was really worried. I had gestational diabetes again with my second pregnancy and I found it easier in a way because I knew what to expect and I was a lot calmer about it. I was embracing my model of care and my doctor was amazing and the pregnancy, I felt a lot more, I would say, in control of my decision-making. I felt a lot more informed and also I was more open to information. The first time around, I was quite scared of information. I didn't want to be overwhelmed by information or get the wrong information. I was also educating myself more and embracing my responsibility as part of the process, you know, being part of the team that was going to make sure that myself and my baby were healthy and as much as possible, you know, healthy and, you know, wrote it out like beautifully till the end. And somewhere along the line, I heard about a midwife from America called Ina May Gaskin. And she'd written a book called, uh, I think it's just called Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. And that book totally changed my life. I still can't even remember where I found out about it, but I remember calling you, right? And I was like, this lady, Ina May Gaskin, what the heck, man? Tell me, what do you know? <laughs> uh, luckily, I would have said she's famous in the midwifery world. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something like that you said to me. You're like, oh, her. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, which was helpful because I was like, okay, it's Courtney approved. <laughs> I'm definitely reading this book. And it was just, I don't know what it was about that book, but... And I'm sure there's no silver bullet for, you know, having the best pregnancy and birth in the world. But for me, I'm just so lucky that I came across something that I personally, it really resonated with me. And after I devoured that book, I just felt emboldened to, to do more to enrich my experience of pregnancy and labor and delivery. And, you know, heaven forbid, like I actually started to think about what it might be like to have an amazing birth. And I'm not talking about an amazing birth on paper. I'm talking about the amazing birth for me, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Hi, guys. It's Heidi from the future, also known as Editing Heidi, also known as Tired Heidi. This edit has been unbelievably hard and I'm just so proud to be putting out these two episodes there will be another one next week you will find out what happens at the end of the story I'm not going to leave it hanging just there on that last point I made so I am proud I'm grateful I am excited and I hope that you are getting something out of this story and I would love for you to join me next week to find out what happens with my following birth and to wrap up the whole story on how these these experiences changed my life forever and how they're still changing me and I am still learning and I'm excited to share that all with you so join me again next week I'll be in your earbuds then with my friend Courtney and we'll be chatting once again about these amazing experiences I'll see you there bye Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, <laughs> like that.